It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. This is a story that you would, you know, assume if you're a reasonable person, would matter, especially during Black History Month. Discrimination against black farmers, a court case against the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, the initial case, Pigford v. Glickman, a settlement, and what's happened since. Rather than tell you the story, and I know over the years many of you have read the work that Andrew Breitbart, Lee Stranahan, myself, and others did on this case, I want to begin with one of those farmers who joins me now, Eddie Slaughter, a farmer from the state of Georgia, but all across the country in multiple states are black farmers, many of whom have not been compensated for actual discrimination by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Eddie, good morning, my friend. Uh, you know, we have been talking for, what, a decade plus now? Yeah, and here yeah, we are. Steve, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Eddie. I'm doing well about you. Well, you know, we're doing the best we can. Thank the Lord as well as it is. You know, a lot of people know of this, but I want to start from a point of, you know, bringing you back into focus, who you are, your farm, the history, how you were discriminated. So a little bit about your farm, your family, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, uh, I live in Vena Vista, Georgia. Uh, I have two farms, a hundred acres each. Uh, the, uh, one, uh, one in uh, Marion County, which my grandfather Tim Slaughter uh, owned it, and so handed it down to me and my grandchildren. It's right, right, four generations. Then the other one, the one that I live on in Sly County, uh, we purchased that in '86, and uh, my uh, uncle and aunt owned that, so I was blessed to be able to keep it in the family, both of them. But mostly what has happened is that uh, discrimination, I, most of the discrimination I suffered was in trying to buy them because even though they was in the family, uh, there was other farmers, that much bigger white farmers, that the USDA had given them priority to get it. And, you know, just by knowing the, having to study and find out what it was, and I found out that if you was living on the farm, that uh, you would have first priority. So I moved back in old shotgun shack on the farm so that I would, you know, be able to circumvent them from being able to buy it away from us. So by that chance, I was lucky. But the discrimination with USDA, denied loans and subsidy payments and all of that, uh, you know, all of us uh, black farmers kind of suffered that over the years. It only has worsened since Tom Vils had come back as a second turn as Secretary of Agriculture, and, uh, you know, it's been, I mean, it's worse. This guy here, the stuff that he did during his first administration, y'all might remember uh, the white lady, uh, the black lady, Shirley Sherrod, that he fired because she yes. had discriminated against a white farmer and found out later that it was a lie and it was false. But he had already fired her. He didn't even investigate it. And we got... Uh, white female farmers that do the same things and worse, but no kind of reprimand or uh, determining them or firing them has occurred. It's been a long time since the initial court decision on this. There have been other actions uh, or lack of action in some cases since. We'll get into that, Eddie, but what's been the effect on your business and your family since the decision was issued by the court? <laughs> 
Well, because a lot of us did not receive the justice that was promised, you know. Uh, so as a result, you had lost revenue, lost income, and a lot of times, you know, uh, you most of us was ran out of business. I pretty much was reduced down to where I was pretty much out of business. I was rented out my farm out to hunt and to other farmers just to kind of keep, uh, you know, paying the taxes and uh, keep it from getting behind. And between then and now, and as I mentioned earlier, some black farmers did receive settlements, some did not. Uh, first to you, do you, you know, to what extent, if any, were you, did you receive any settlement from Pigford v. Glickman? And what about the, the other black farmers across multiple states? Well, let me tell you, I was one of the few that received the $50,000, and they gave me total debt relief. And I figured that I was off to the races, only to come back two years later, they wrote me a letter and say, hey, that was a clerical error. And they took back the debt relief and they put back uh, the lien uh, against my property of $265,000. But if I had known that that was the case before they said it was a clerical error, I could have took that $50,000 and put it away, uh, against it and it would have knocked it down significantly where, you know, I wouldn't have been in the shape. But later on, uh, when Sonny Pitt, when uh, Donald Trump came to office and Sonny Perdue became Secretary of Agriculture, I asked him to look at my case. He looked at my case and he said it was a gross injustice. So they did turn around and finally give me the debt relief. I'm probably one of the only farmers gotten it. But I got mines under the uh, Trump administration with Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. Let's go a little bit further and talk about, you know, the black farmers around the United States. Because uh, I want people to understand the scope of this. You're in multiple states. And, yeah. you know, this is a sizable amount of land. Uh, approximately how much land uh, in the United States is owned by the black farmers that were discriminated against, black farmers that deserve justice? Well, you know, we know back in, in 99, 2000, there was, little, there was a little over a million acres of land that black farmers owned that was affected by the uh, lawsuit, the Pickford B. Glickman lawsuit. The thing was, it was more uh, Democrats and Republicans both that didn't want to see us to return that kind of land. But that's what the consent decree said, that if you uh, prevailed that you would get the $50,000 and your debt would be discharged. But that didn't happen. Only one farmer I know in the whole United States, they got that debt relief, and that was a William Miller over in uh, Marshallville, Georgia. And so by them not discharging the debt, and when the farmers finally got to uh, realizing that, hey, it's not going to be discharged, they was behind by 18 months to two years. And so now interest is compounding daily at the tune of uh, four and $500 interest a day being accumulated on all of these loans. So where they had equity in those farms back in 2000, because the interest being compound daily, and some of us was paying as much from 12000 to $16,000 a month in interest alone. And you looked over another side, every year it was like from 144000 to $166,000 in interest. So it ate up all of the equity in the farms. And every time you hear them talking about debt relief, 
they're really talking about the land, you know, and that's what we're really fighting about, and that's what the whole originally started about was the amount of land that was being lost. And at that time, it was a little over a million acres of land. Today, we know it less than that, but uh, USDA don't give out those figures. Uh, there was, of course, Pigford too, uh, and uh, that was settled. But something else happened along the way that we've discussed before, and I want to bring into this because as this evolved, one, the black farmers weren't being helped, weren't being compensated based on the original lawsuit. But then you had billions of dollars now in Pigford two, Pigford three, and here we are working our way to the American Rescue Act. What's happened? Who's been paid? We've talked about who hasn't been paid. And what does attempted to farm mean to you in all of this? Well, let's go back to first. Pickford one, uh, there was a lot of shenanigans pulled, and George Paul Freeman kept writing stipulations in order so that none of us was able to get our land clear. And so not one black farmer received justice in Pickford one, but the lawyers ran off with $300 million. And then Pickford two came, and uh, Barack Obama, when he was president, he signed a $1.25 billion settlement. And that was a sham because not one black farmer got justice out of there, but the lawyers ran off with $90 million. You know, so, uh, and, 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 and the age of these farmers, you know, they're in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. And they're dying off, and they're leaving this debt to their spouses and to their children. And so, you know, it's just been one miscarriage of justice after another. And you go back and you think about it, when they say equal justice under the law, we have to face the fact that it don't exist for America in the black and the poor. And like I was telling a group of them, in 1857, uh, a black man by the name of Dred Scott went before the United States Supreme Court. Uh, the man and his be free. Uh, they had a law in place at that time. If you stayed moved from a, a slave state to a free state, and you was free for ten years, then once free, always free. And so when he went before the United States Supreme Court, and a judge by the name of Robert uh, Taney. Uh, ruled that uh, the Negro was so inferior because of his African ancestry that he was rightfully and justly reduced to no more than an ordinary article of merchandise, like a hog, a cow, or a chicken. And where commerce or trade could be concerned, he was in it. He had no rights that white, that white America was bound to respect. And I have to say that that law is still in place today. Uh, you know, you look at it, we're the only people <laughs> I know that can go to court, win a, win a case, and still can't receive justice. It's just like it was with the uh, uh, with, with the Joe Biden administration uh, just last year in March. Matter of fact, next year, next month will be a year. Uh, the Senate wrote legislation to correct all of these problems, and they handed down to the Congress, and the Congress passed it. They signed it to the president. He signed it in the law. The American Rescue Plan Act, that's what it was. You know, and even after the president signed it and the three branches of government agreed, not one black farmer once again received justice. And we understood it because uh, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, when they got through with it, they turned it over to him. And we said, well, 
you know, his, his history under the Obama administration. Show how his, you know, how, how he is toward black farmers that we wasn't going to receive it. So sure enough, he got it and he kept it for over 100 days and, did, and in action. And in action, I, and I, just my personal opinion that he encouraged, you know, the white farmers to file uh, and say that they were discriminated against. And even as a black farmer, I have to admit, and I have to agree with that, because first of all, the pandemic didn't just hurt blacks, it hurt all farmers. So, you know, but they're always trying to pitch us against each other and fight each other. So, the, and, and, I, and uh, I say I think it was wrong. Why couldn't you include the white farmers? You included the, the uh, uh, Pacific Islanders, you included the uh, Alaskan Samoans, you created Native Americans, the Hispanic Americans, but you exclude. And so this is the kind of games that they play to try to pitch us against each other instead of all of us receiving justice alike. Yeah, $1 billion in the American Rescue Act uh, allocated to the Secretary of Agriculture, as you mentioned, for training, technical assistance, and other assistance to black farmers, $4 billion in debt relief overall for certain uh, USDA farm loans. And, you know, Eddie, I've known you a long time. You're a fair man. This isn't about black or white, but it is about discrimination and a lawsuit and what is due to the black farmers. My guest, Eddie Slaughter, is the executive director of the African-American Agriculturists Association, uh, one of the black farmers who, you know, is standing up for an injustice here. So, you know, Eddie, we're, we're just beginning. And, you know, I've already, you and I have talked about taking this further, uh, focusing where we are now on the USDA and the Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack. What is it that the black farmers in your group want from the USDA? Well, we're looking to get ready to uh, hopefully in the next, uh, and hopefully in this week, to have a press conference and ask for the resignation of the Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, because right now, in the same money that you're talking about, he just gave away $75 million to nonprofit organizations. And also it says that in there, black farmers that have suffered discrimination in the past, they are entitled to direct payments. Even though he have paid the nonprofit organizations given to the 1890 land grant colleges and all of these other institutions, but he has not uh, gave them one of the dollar of direct payments to black farmers. And so when we question them about it, say, well, we don't want to do that because if y'all we start paying y'all, white farmers uh, might file a lawsuit. We're saying, hey, this is already passed and the money is there. This is not what they went to court to sue us about. That was suing about the debt relief. Now, this is his direct payments. And so when we look at this, and he sits there and won't do nothing, and the money is there, planting season is upon us, and everybody is looking forward to it. But this guy here has such a dismal record on civil rights and dealing with blacks. I mean, the cases just go on and on and on and on. He even have a history of going back to when he was the governor of Iowa, when he left there, he had a, a civil rights complaint, about 5,000 5, complaints from black, from African Americans that he uh, refused to hire them or give them interviews for jobs. So 
when he left there, he already had a bad, dismal record on civil rights, and it only got worse here. And under the Obama administration, they actually falsified data to make it look like that banks was improving when, in fact, they were still worse. I think he said that black farmers grew from 18% to 37% on his watch under the Obama administration. That is an absolute lie. They falsified and, and, and changed the data to make it look like something that, that wasn't there. And he has a record that goes on and on and on with his uh, relationship. And the problem that I have more than anything, David, is if he had been a white Republican, man, they would drug him through the mud and tarred and feathered him because he is a, and I, I don't like to use the word racist, but in this case, when I saw how he fired Shirley Sherrod, a black woman, and we complained about the white woman over here, he won't even do nothing to touch that. And we're saying that so the double standard is clear with him, you know, that he has this problem, you know, with him, and he needs to be removed. And uh, we are of the opinion that if uh, uh, the Biden administration wants to keep him on, you know, we have nothing else to do but ask for his resignation. And eventually something got to give. Either he go or we're going to have to go. Both of us can't stay in the Democratic Party together with him treating us the way he's doing. My guest, Eddie Slaughter, Executive Director of the African-American Agriculturists Association. Uh, there'll be a press release rolled out later this week, possibly a conference. Uh, Eddie, as we wrap up here, I have two names, and I want to get your reaction to who they are and what they mean to this case. One, Thomas Burrell. Two, John Boyd. Uh, well, John Boyd is the president of the National Black Farmers. And uh, when all of us originally started, uh, they, you know, he, uh, I think they gave him about $2 million. And uh, so he decided then that he would, you know, would just kind of abandon the Pigford lawsuit. And uh, Tom Burrell, I understand that he, you know, had received some. And all of these people, they're blacks, but it's just like this equity commission that he has uh accumulated together and put together say this is gonna solve all the problems with all the black farmers. He's gonna put an equity commission and put all these black folks on it. But at the same time, he got seventy five million dollars in there in direct payment to black farmers and refused to pay one farmer. Just one farmer. So uh those two guys there uh, you know, and they uh the Democratic Party have a history of buying off your leaders. So they've you become ineffective each time you start a fight. You got to buy, you know, uh, you got to go ahead and get you another leader because they don't bother nothing off, you know. So it's kind of a, it's kind of ironic the way they do us in that. But that's where it's that okay. both of those guys, I understand, received some pretty good money from USDA. And the black farmers still stand unpaid. Uh, Eddie, it's just the beginning. We started this fight together with Andrew Breitbart, with Lee Stranahan, with others. You know, we're uh, – we're not going to let this drop. Andrew always made that promise to you, and we're going to continue it. We're going to fight for this, my friend, and uh, we have a lot more work to do together. Thank you. All right, and David, thank you so very much for bringing this to the attention and let the people know the struggle that we are fighting. And let them also know that this is not a black struggle. This is a struggle for Americans. You know, uh, they try to pitch us against each other, black against white farmers, Democrats against Republicans. But most of us, we are looking at ourselves as Christians, 
and then do we know that America is a Christian nation and we want the right thing to happen with all of us. And we are not up for them discriminating against white farmers to try to justify they're doing something to us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Eddie. Look forward to our next conversation off and on air. Eddie Slaughter, again, he'll be back. We're not going to let this uh, case die. He's the executive director of the African American Agriculturist Association, a good man and a man who's simply fighting for justice, one that the courts have already decided. decided. Thank you, Eddie. All right. Have a great day. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.